From Grafton, West Virginia, this is the Living Unleashed Podcast. Hi, and welcome to Living Unleashed. I'm your host, Alex Runneman. This is a production growing out of my passion for identifying, questioning, and addressing the many challenges I face as an entrepreneur, father, and as a resident of my small Appalachian hometown. From community revitalization to work and business to health and everything in between, join me as we discuss the challenges, but most importantly, search for solutions that may assist you in your quest to unleash yourself and your community. Welcome to Episode 2, where we continue our discussion with Dr. Randy Turner of The Well, Integrative Wellness in Fairmont, West Virginia. Dr. Turner gives us practical and reasonable steps that we can take to fight back against COVID-19. Hello, I'm Alex Renneman from Unleashed Tiger, and we're here for Part 2 with Dr. Randy Turner from The Well, Integrative Medicine in Fairmont. Um, Dr. Turner, thanks, thanks again for coming on the program. We're going to talk about how the body treats a virus like COVID-19 and things that we can really do to protect ourselves. But before we go into that, um, let's talk about if, if I think I've, I have COVID-19 or I'm concerned, what should I do? I, I know we've, we've hold, you know, people are kind of coming in and there's calls, there's all kinds of conflicting information. So what, as, as we know today, on this date of March 21st, 2020, what are, what, what's the, 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 um, uh, recommendations for what actions I should take if I think I've got it? Well, the, fir- the main thing they're telling everybody now and we're telling people is to call your doctor um, if you have questions because they know what the latest information is from uh, the government to tell us how to handle these so that we can test the right people and we don't need to test some other people. You know, the, the key is that you need to have these things that we talked about in part one there. I mean, about um, do you have a, a fever, a cough? Do you have um, a shortness of breath? Are you having difficulty breathing? Those are the and things that's the that, key, right? The shortness the of breath, the difficulty in breathing. Those are really the, those are the linchpins. That is, seems, seems to be the distinguishing factor right now that we're putting together. And so those are things that if you go to the, let's say you don't know, or you can't get a hold of your doctor, or it's after hours, and you go to the emergency room, you walk up there, you're going to be, you know, you're going to see a sign that says, if you have these things, and there's a list on the, on the door, uh, at our facility, at least, it says, do you have a cough? Do you have fever? Have you traveled to outside the country, been in contact with anyone with a known coronavirus? Or and I'm sorry, and do you have shortness of breath or difficulty breathing? If you have all of those things, then you're directed to go to an area where you're going to be tested, okay? Because that means you are at risk. And so that's the key thing. I mean, if you go to the hospital and you don't have all of those things, you can still be seen in the emergency room, but it's probably not the right thing to do. I mean, it's obviously you may have the flu, you might have a cold, you might have that, but it's very, very, very unlikely you could have coronavirus. So when you see that sign, if you check off all of the boxes that's on the sign, not one of them, because people have been confused about that because we've had people come in and they see a checklist and they think, I got one of those, I need to go back there. And we've had people go into the area to be tested, which in our hospital is through the, uh, the ambulance entrance. In some places, it's, uh, you know, in a tent, which they've set up outside the ER, and where they might tell you to go get in your car and drive around to the tent or whatever they have to do at, at their facility. But that's key. I mean, if you've, got to, you've got to be able to know do you have those things or not, and that's what's very important. So, yeah, if you think you got it and you check the boxes off, you need to be tested, and that's how you'd go about getting tested. That's really important. Otherwise, we're overwhelming you guys. We're potentially spreading it. Um, you know, in some cases, if you're healthy – 
and, and, you know, you, you have it, I mean, really you communicate with your doctor and then you might just stay put, right. And just, just stay right yeah. in your home, depending on obviously what the doctor recommends, but um, you certainly don't want to go out trying to spread it all. And in fact, you guys who are trying to take care of those that, that are in need. So that's uh, right. I mean, the, the system, we don't want to overwhelm the system and that's whole, the whole reason about something we can talk about later about, you know, flattening the curve or whatever you want to call it um, is just to get to a point where we can test people and we have enough tests and then we can actually slow this thing down to the point that we're not overwhelming the medical system because that's the thing we're worried about the most, you know, as far as taking care of a, a, a bunch of people at one time. I mean, we can only see so many people at a time and it takes time to get the test results back. And most likely the thing that's going to happen is if you do get tested, they're going to tell you to go home. They're not going to put you in the hospital. They're going to tell you, unless you are in dire straits or you're having trouble breathing, your saturations are bad. I mean, once we triage you and check you out, I mean, you're most likely going to go home and you're going to be sitting at home until you get the test results back. And that might be several days. And, and right now, I think that I've heard of some people getting the test results in three days. I've heard some people taking up to a week. So it can change. And that might change as the availability of testing centers get, you know, more and all that kind of stuff. But Right now, that's where we're at. I mean, it's not that, you know, you're, I've got to be tested and that's the end of it. And I, and they're going to put me in the hospital if I've got it positive. That's not going to happen. You're going to be sent back home, most likely. So let's go in. And I'm, and I'm sure on this topic, you could go well over my head and most of us listening at home. But can you give us a little bit of insight on how our body interacts with these types of virus, uh, like the COVID-19? And, you know, we, we hear about vaccines and, and things that we can take. So and obviously it's going to be a ways out for that. So can you just help us understand a little more about what's, what's going on in our bodies if we do contract COVID-19? Sure. Um, thank God we're wonderfully made, right? I mean, <laughs> I'm right. just thankful that our, our God that created us has us in a situation where we can fight these things off. Uh, that being said, I would say that the virus really doesn't kill you. It's the weak immune system that will kill you. Um, our body treats this virus like it's an invader, basically. It's coming in. It's got evil intentions. And I'm going to send the army out there to fight it off. Okay, we have an innate and an adaptive immune system. They make uh, cells which uh, fight disease all the time. I mean, it's made. The cells are released from the bone marrow, goes to the thymus gland. The thymus gland, they're activated. They go out to the immune system with the lymphatics and all. And that that'll take a virus, surround it, kill it, and then get rid of it. Okay, so. If you don't have a healthy army to fight the war, obviously you're most likely to suffer and potentially you could die from it. So the key thing is that you need to have a healthy immune system because that's your first line of defense. And so that's very critical, important, however you want to say it. But I think that uh, that's how our body treats it. It's an invader with evil intentions. We got to fight it and we got to kill it. Yeah, it makes sense. So when we, you mentioned a little bit ago about flattening the, the curve and when we look at certain strategies that, that we uh, can do in our community, I mean, there's things we're going to do for our immune system. We'll talk about in just a bit, but what, what can we do? I mean, we hear social distancing, we hear flattening the curve and it all makes sense to me, but can you explain just from your perspective, what's the most valuable things we can do to make sure we, we are helping our community? Yeah. I mean, I think that when you talk, talk about the, curve, we're talking about how rapidly people are getting infected. That's what the curve means. A steep curve means that people are getting sick really quick. So, and what can happen during that, and that's the thing that we, you know, you'd be more concerned about is that the rate of which the infections are occurring is 
occurring so steep and effect, you know, a high curve at a steep uh, uh, rate is that, you know, it overwhelms the ability of the system to take care of it, the system being the healthcare system. So what we want to do is limit the number of new infections and the rate at which they're occurring. So how do you do that? How do you uh, limit the, the, the number of people that are getting sick? Well, we think that you do that by keeping your distance, washing your hand, doing all the things that you've heard about already in the news. I don't need to go through all that again, but you need to not spread it to other people if you have it. And how do you do that? Is basically, that's why the quarantines came out. That's why, you know, even though school children who really aren't really affected that much by this virus, they closed all the schools. And the reason they did that was because we know that even if they carry the virus to somebody else, they can give it to them. And they might be, that might be a parent, that might be a grandparent, it might be somebody else that they come in contact with who could then give that germ to them and or that virus to them. But, you know, again, it all comes back to the healthy immune system. I mean, if that virus comes down on a person that has a healthy immune system that can actually fight it off, I mean, you're you're, you're going to lessen them at rate of infection too. So there's more than just, you know, keeping away from other people. I mean, you really need to support your immune system. I mean, we talked, you talked a little bit about that earlier and you mentioned something about um, how, you know, how our immune system might play a role. And, and I really, I feel like that it's what I would consider, I call it a terrain theory. And that basically means that if you get something that's an invader into your body, they're coming in to fight, your terrain, which is inside your body, meaning your immune system, your gut, all the things that are very important to your first line of defense has to be so that that virus will not live there. In other words, if you're, if you're an army and you're going to invade another country and that country is desert country and you're set up for mountains and, uh, you know, uh, aquatic type of a, an attack, you're not going to do very well. So this virus, when it comes in, it needs to meet an unfriendly terrain, and it needs to meet a, a very strong, well-equipped army. And so the way I look at it is that the weak immune system is the worst thing you can have. That's like an unfed army. You have a weak army. And so when that uh, invader comes in, if they come upon a weak army, they're going to be more apt to win that war to start off this whole cascade of things in your immune system, which is gonna to lead to eventual weakness, toxicity, uh, um, disease, whatever you wanna call it. So the question is, do you have a strong army? And so, if so, you'll be fine. If not, you're at a high risk. And so, I like to look at it that way. I mean, that's, I think that's a good way to look at it. I, I love the analogy. And, and let's talk about it, because what I, I, from what I can hear, at least, and, and I'm not on all the news and all that stuff, but it seems hand sanitizer, soap, distancing and that's where it stops and and there's almost this helplessness that i think is projected out in the media that and i'm not i'm not blaming anybody i'm not saying but it just feels like there's this helplessness that we just have to wait it out and the reality is from from what i'm hearing you say is our immune system plays a huge role here and so i, I guess the question then is even even if even if we have we're, we're compromised in certain ways there's certainly ways we could elevate that maybe your ceiling is not as high as somebody else's but we all have a chance to, to raise our armies, if you will, or make the terrain right. more unfriendly to this virus. So what are things that we can do? I mean, I don't hear anybody talking about nutrition and, and some of these things. And maybe that's, you know, maybe can help us understand what more we have power in our own two hands that yeah, we can do fight I mean, this little bugger. That's the thing that I'm very surprised about. I mean, I, I read on the um, CDC's website today. I, I try to get on there to see what the latest recommendations are and keep up with it. I didn't see one thing about um, 
supporting your immune system or eating right or or any of that, it, which is kind of surprising to me. And I think it all shift, it, it goes from a shift from uh, traditional ways of looking at disease and, and uh, treatment into what the integrative medicine really is. And it's, uh, we can do something to, to strengthen our immune system and to make our defenses hard for the uh, enemy to invade. I mean, that, there's no question about that. that. You can prove that in any kind of scientific study. Um, so your diet, what you eat, what you don't eat, exercise, what can you do? I mean, yeah, you need to exercise. What does exercise do? It, it'll increase your immune system to strengthen it, uh, reduce stress in your life, meditation, breathing, uh, praying, get enough sleep, uh, get rid of toxins in your environment. I mean, your cleaning supplies, use gloves when you clean, if you're going to use things like that. You were talking about cleaning off surfaces with uh, Clorox, well, wear gloves when you do that if you're going to do that because that, that uh, chlorine gets right into your system. Stay hydrated. I mean, uh, healthy. I mean, water, your body is mostly water, okay? And without that water, the chemical reactions that are supposed to take place in there, they can't, they can't occur. I mean, I'm sitting here right now and I've got this huge glass that I've been drinking today <laughs> and you are, you are too, so we're heading in the right direction. As you're so saying it, I'm getting thirsty just looking over at it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what role does nutrition play? Obviously, I think it's the supreme role. I mean, Hippocrates had it right. He said, let food be thy medicine, right? Mm -hmm. The father of medicine, Hippocrates, said, let food be thy medicine. I think that that is the basis of everything. Uh, it feeds the troops. We talked about that. We talked about the army. Uh, the gut releases these things. It goes to the cells. The cells then are able to perform their function. But, but you, in order to do that, there's a very complex series of uh, nutrients and things that have to be present in order for your body to do that work. I mean, it's like having a, uh, a carpenter without a hammer. I mean, take his hammer away, and he's not going to be able to build as good, right? So the hammer and all the things that is being used are the micronutrients, the macronutrients, vitamins, minerals, fat, carbohydrates, proteins. They all come from food, right? And so the, the key is, though, that food that we eat is not really that nutritious nowadays. And that's a problem. And I know you're uh, you know, big into this, and I, I appreciate that so much. And in fact, that's how I got to know you uh, was through that. And uh, you need to take in nutritious food. I mean, what is nutritious food? And you might, that might sound like something that people never heard before. I mean, food's not nutritious. Yeah, food cannot be nutritious. Sure. What about GMO food? Uh, I call it Franken food myself. I don't. I, I like to call it that because it's man-made. But uh, what about processed dead foods that you see in boxes and uh, high-carbohydrate food, junk food? Uh, hormones in food. Uh, all the things that are in food nowadays have actually the opposite effect. They weaken our army, okay? So if that's true, why don't we avoid those things and actually get the kind of food that's raw and nutritious and actually can feed the army and make the army stronger rather than things that's gonna, gonna weaken it. So primarily heavy vegetables, I mean, that's very important. Green leafy vegetables have all the things in it that we need uh, pretty much to actually uh, support those troops. And so, if you think about it, I mean, there's been lots of studies done. Even eating sugar is one of the worst things you can do during this time because sugar lowers your immune system function. They did some studies recently which showed that after you eat sugar, 30 minutes after eating it, you have a 50% reduction in the ability of your white cells to kill germs. So is that enough 
to tell us that we shouldn't eat sugar during a time when there's a virus out there that could potentially make us very sick? Yeah, I think it does. Yeah, that's a, it's a really great point. I mean, um, and you mentioned, you know, Unleash Health, we in, in our, our nutrition program, we found I see it every cycle, people who traditionally get super sick through the seasons, um, they, 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 they either don't or they get much less sick or they recover quicker. I mean, it is, uh, it's, it's just textbook. It's almost every time you can expect it. Um, and a shameless plug, I mean, we've got another cycle starting up on April 6th. Um, but it, it does help you understand what, what foods are those nutritious foods and, and what foods to avoid and, and how to see some of the, I want to say sneaky, but sneaky tactics potentially that come from the food industry to, in order to sell you more of those dead foods you mentioned or food-like substances that they, that mm -hmm. they sell. And uh, boy, I've seen it in my own life um, time and time again. So I, I think it's really great advice. What would you say about because uh, there's a lot of noise about this stuff now too, is supplements. And, and you know, I know there's, supplements is, is a one word that covers a, <laughs> just a ton of stuff. Um, but, but, you know, like vitamin C, vitamin D, emergency, you, you see these things out there. What, what can you give us uh, in, in terms of guidance around that generally? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a really critical uh, question to be asking right now because uh, we're seeing, if you get on any website that sells these kind of vitamins and things, they're almost always sold out um, of the good ones. So, Anyway, su supplements are important, and I, I have to say, I, I heard a story on the news, and this is how media can really sway things. I, there was a family physician on Fox News yesterday, and he got on there, and he said that uh, don't take vitamins because, you know, they don't work. Supplements don't work, and I, I had to almost laugh but throw up at the same time. I mean, it was, a, it was obviously, to me, that was a joke, because what a lie that is. I mean, What's that doctor going to do when he tests a patient that's low in vitamin D? He's going to ignore it, or are you going to give him a supplement of vitamin D? What are you going to do, right? What about people that are taking statins and they need CoQ10 to go along with to protect their heart? Are you not going to give them CoQ10 because it's a supplement? I mean, the whole thing was actually ridiculous, and I, I mean, it's so wrong. We, we know there's that. If you research vitamin C, there's over 60,000 uh, published studies on PubMed that shows that it's actually effective in helping to keep our immune system healthy. How can somebody say that they don't work? I mean, it makes no sense to me. But yeah, I will say this. Um, if you think about that, though, if you're a doctor and you don't make any money off of uh, people going down to the pharmacy and picking up a bottle of vitamin C and using it, you may not be as apt to, to want to say, go and do that because they're not getting a prescription. They're not coming to your office. They're missing an office visit. So I'm not saying that that was the reason he said it, but to say what he said made no sense to me at all. I mean, even fish oils, you know, it's important that fish oils uh, and omega-3 fatty acids are so important to our immune system. Now this, the pharmaceutical industry has made it in a prescription drug. So as soon as that happened, guess what? The number of doctors recommending fish oil went sky high. So yeah, I think it's the whole thing is it's an industry thing. It's a pharmaceutical thing. It's, it's, it's all a lot of, uh, I, I don't know. I hate to say that uh, people are not being honest, but I, I really have to say when you can research these things and you see all the good it does, it definitely works. So do supplements work? Yes. Should you be taking them? Yes. Especially vitamin D. I mean, this time of year in West Virginia, I mean, we're sitting here, there's cloudy days. How many cloudy days do we have? Vitamin D is made by your skin. Whenever uh, it does that and you get sun, you get a high vitamin D. That's important. You need that. So, uh, I mean, well, I, I don't know. I just feel like that uh, the cycle of 
doctors telling people that you know you don't need a vitamin and then they have a vitamin deficiency and these people don't get better that's probably the reason let's get over that let's get to the point that we want to tell them what actually works i see this in the er all the time people come in they're constantly ill they've been on 17 different medicines the doctor says i don't know i mean you're we're, we're trying the best we can here's let's try this one uh, they never get to the root of the problem. So the root of the problem might actually be you need a supplement. And supplements are important. And you mentioned emergency and airborne and all these other things that uh, people use. They're definitely, you know, helpful. The problem is that they may not be absorbable. I mean, you need to get things that are in the right form that you can actually absorb. And so yeah. um, what's the use to take a vitamin C that's only 15% absorbed when you can buy the same thing for the same price, vitamin C, that's in a different form, that's 100% of the world. That's important. Don't waste your money, I mean, on ineffective vitamins. I mean, you might as well just throw it down the toilet, really, I mean, because that's where it's gonna go anyway. I mean, it's going, you're gonna get rid of it. Your body's not gonna be able to use it. So you might have good intentions, but you just don't have the knowledge to, to know what to get. You go to the vitamin stand, and I know I need vitamin C, and you see a shelf that's this long, and it's full of vitamin C products, and you don't know which one to buy. You know, that's part of what I feel like our job here as an integrative medicine physician is to try to walk people through the what's what they need. I mean, we're going to carry products at our office that we've already done that for and we'll have them for people if they need them. And they wouldn't even necessarily have to be a patient here to get them. But at the same time, you need somebody that can help you walk through all that because it is confusing. And I, I don't blame people for, hey, if you go to the store and you want a vitamin, I, I think you're doing great because you're already thinking in the right way. The bad thing is you might not know what one to get. Vitamin D, what kind to get? What should I, how much do I need? That's another thing. So we, as an integrated medicine physician, I've got a lot of training in nutrition and functional medicine, and you don't really get that in traditional medical training. That's not an emphasis. And that's why you don't hear it talked about in the news. You don't hear a lot about supplements in the news because it's all being driven by the traditional medical folks. And, and that's understandable because they're the ones that the CDC and all that is run by. So. Yeah, there's a lot more that can be done, though, and I think this this information needs to get out. Well, what I'm hearing, it really is very encouraging. I hope it's encouraging to, to others who are listening right now as well, because what I'm hearing is your best defense against this thing is is simple thing, you know, food, rest, sleep, movement, and, and supplements that, that for some of the key vitamins that we have. I mean, it sounds... Um, it's not overly complex. Maybe they need some guidance around supplements, even around proper eating, because most of us have grown up in a society that's kind of directed us in one way about eating, which maybe isn't uh, the best way. But that's, it's great to know that those tools are readily available. We're not asking for, you know, it's not some rare leaf on the top of the Himalayas. We got to go grab and grind and, and put some incantation over. You know, this is all awesome exactly right. with all of us. And people yeah. can get on, I mean, there's web, I mean, the people are on the web all the time. Get on to food for health, food, food for number four, health, all one word. Uh, and, and look for, look at the guidelines for food because there's very, I looked at that and it's a very good guide on what kind of food to eat and how much of it to eat and all that. I think it's a good place to start. I would agree. That's great. Well, um, Dr. Turner, we're going to take a break. This is the end of part two. Uh, folks come back with us for part three. That's what we're going to talk about. If you have those symptoms, what are things you can do to try to feel better? Um, and, and some of those things, what's your, what are some silver linings through all of this? So come back with us for part two or part three, and we'll see you then. Thanks.